of the unique features of the Living Church of Jesus Christ is its ever-expanding body of fundamental spiritual knowledge about man's identity and purpose, which enlarges the memory of this people. Scripture declares that ye should consider on the blessed and happy state of those that keep the commandments of God. For behold, they are blessed in all things, and if they hold out faithful to the end, they are received into heaven and dwell with God in a state of never-ending happiness. We come having prayed and prepared. For many of us, there are pressing worries and earnest questions. We want to renew our faith in our Savior Jesus Christ strengthen our ability to resist temptation and avoid distractions. We come to be taught from on high. The purpose of this and every general conference is to help us to hear him. Hey there, this is Kevin and Shelby, and this is not the Book of Mormon podcast. Surprise! It's also <laughs> not Come Follow Me Corner. It's actually a new podcast that we were impressed to, to begin. Um, it's a series of podcasts in which we go over, um, ideally on a weekly basis, mm-hmm. um, a talk from this past general conference. So, you know, and that was like three, four weeks ago, something like that. Three weeks. Three weeks ago, and so we are we're behind, right? Uh, though we just we just had the idea, so um, so yeah, we had the idea. Um, the general conference, not general conference, the come follow me corner. Um, we didn't really stay up on it very well, and um, we just realized that we were discussing. We wanted to save a lot of the Book of Mormon stuff for the Book of Mormon podcast series. So that's why we decided to, or we felt inspired to do the uh, conference talks. And so that's just a little reasoning behind why we're switching. Um, Hopefully the conference talks will still supplement your studies of the gospel that you should be doing daily anyway, um, or help uplift in some way. So, and nonetheless, nevertheless it helps Kevin and I record our thoughts and impressions as well so yeah Yeah. I really liked our bonus episode where we talked about the general conference like the whole conference yeah and I I thought man I I wish we could go a little bit deeper we could talk about things a little bit more in depth um and this is that opportunity so it's good it's gonna be cool um anything to to teach and testify and preach of Christ. Yeah. And, you know, I, I remember on my mission, I was with uh, one of my zone leaders because we'd all get together as the missionaries in the whole, like, a couple areas, and we'd watch general conference together <clears throat> at the stake center, right? Right. If we didn't have somewhere to go to watch it. And so we were, uh, we were listening to a morning session and then, at the break, he said, man, I can't believe people don't know what we're about, you know, because here's a whole two days of, of 
you know, families and just such wholesome values, right? Mm -hmm. So I think we're going to be able to, of course, this last conference was largely about the restoration of the church of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And, but never, nevertheless, we find those like principles and the way the, the things that are important to us as a, as a church, as a culture, uh, and as people who have, you know, who strive to be disciples of Jesus Christ, right? Yeah. So let's go ahead and, uh, and dive in to our first conference talk. Yeah, we decided, um, so we're starting Saturday morning session. Um, we did not pick the opening message that uh, our prophet gave, Russell M. Nelson. We decided to go to Russell M. Ballard, his talk called, Shall We Not Go On in So Great a Cause? And there's nothing that says that we're going to go in chronological order. Um, it's really going to go, um, and it may occasionally do that, um, but we can always go back and talk about some things in his open remarks. And, you know, it's not necessarily going to be from uh, Saturday morning all the way through. We'll kind of jump around as we, we, we would like to. Okie dokie. Um, so this talk, I thought we could just start off by both sharing our favorite parts of this talk. And, um, I guess it would be helpful if you have read the talk previously or heard it previously. Um, so if you haven't heard it or remember it, I would encourage you to just stop the podcast and go listen to it and then come back. Um, or if you frankly, not frankly, briefly remember, then keep listening. But my favorite part of the talk was actually um, about Hiram, Joseph Smith's brother. And um, I learned something that I hadn't learned before in this talk, which was that uh, the Lord or Joseph Smith had given a blessing to Hiram, his brother. And that blessing said, basically, I'm summarizing what um Elder Ballard is saying, but it basically said that, you know, if if you choose to, if you desire to, um, you will have power to lay down thy life to glorify God. And the rest of it, and this is towards the kind of middle-ish end of the talk. Um, and so it basically says Hiram was presented the choice to either lay down his life or not. And Joseph, um, about a week before they were martyred, uh told Hiram, go ahead and take your family on the next boat uh, to Cincinnati. And that's the moment when Hiram said, no, I can't leave you. So he chose and he fulfilled that opportunity that had been presented to him to uh, lay down his life for the gospel and the establishment of it with his brother. So I thought that was really cool because he voluntarily made that choice. It didn't say, you know, you will lay down your life, Hiram. <laughs> it wasn't anything like that. The Lord just said, if it so be that desire. And and it was. And so I thought that was a really cool part of the talk because the opening does kind of talk about Hiram's relationship with Joseph. And I thought it was just a cool little thing to learn uh, that I hadn't known before. I mean, I knew that he died with him, yeah. but I didn't know he had made the choice too. Right. Yeah. yeah. That, that, that is interesting. And <clears throat> 
Um, of course, the talk is called, uh, Shall We Not Go On In So Great A Cause? Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a quote from Joseph Smith himself. Um, you know, before his death, he apparently wrote a, a letter to the saints and it was a call to action. Um, yeah. And he says, uh, go forward, not backward, courage, brothers and sisters, and on, on to the victory. Um, <clears throat> you know, Jesus Christ, he, he overcame everything. And he's, he's going to ask his servants, all of us, if we so choose to be called his servants, he's going to ask us to overcome something. Um, and largely, he's, he's asked us to overcome the world. But um, for certain of his servants they they have to be brought very low um whether that's in prison or unto death um if that's if that's necessary i just uh it's always a choice we always have a choice and i I love what president nelson has said lately that heavenly father wants us to choose to return to him and I think that's so important. There's a precious doctrine in there. My favorite part of the talk is uh, is a little bit different. Um, but, uh, you know, early in the talk, it, it mentions, uh, Elder Ballard mentions the, um, the Smith family, um, Joseph's mother and father, mm-hmm. and how they, they weren't, they, they weren't just uh, in, New York state. Um, they were originally in Vermont and they, through a series of, uh, of events, they needed to remove themselves to the state of New York. And <clears throat> it was due to, to various personal setbacks like financial woes and just things weren't working out where they were. And he says, um, because the family was united, they survived these challenges and together faced the damaging task, or excuse me, daunting task of starting over again on a hundred acre wooden tract of land in Manchester near Palmyra, New York. And he says, I'm not sure that many of us realize the physical and emotional challenges of starting over. And that's so true. I mean, um, just to share a a personal experience of mine, I, after I returned home from my mission, I had about $200 to my name. <laughs> and although I had the, the support of my parents, of my dad, um, it was still a very daunting task of like, okay, I'm, he's going to expect me to be moving out soon. Um, I need to get a job, probably more than one. You know, I don't have any, uh, I don't have much experience to, according to the world, um, I have this, this gap in my work history and I can explain it. 
by saying, yeah, I was doing missionary work. And that might even sound good to some employers, but it was, it was a, it was a challenge. And uh, I've talked about it on our other podcast before. I was so blessed. Um, but it's not easy to, to go and move to a new place and, and really start over, like get new jobs, new everything. Um, and that just shows the, like the, the sheer will of these people that, uh, that are, you know, early saints and, and early peoples of this continent, right? Like pioneers. Yeah. Well, this, we've, we've <clears throat> seen this before. Lehi and his family did this. Yeah, they did, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. This isn't new. It's just in a different era, different time. Right. There's multiple times in the scripture, Old Testament, New Testament, uh, where Jesus Christ, I don't know why I said that kind of weird, where Christ asks, uh, asks us to leave and go do something completely different. And it is uncomfortable. Um, but it's part of what makes them so uh, happy in the long run. And the blessings come after the hard work and things like that. So um, that's a really good point that you made about their family. I don't I don't think we think about it as much as we do. I think we think about Lehi and his family more <laughs> right. than we do the Smith family. We just assume he ended up in uh, the state of New York conveniently, but that's not what happened. <laughs> there was some stuff that happened that took him there and that journey for them to get there. If you've read the Saints book, it wasn't easy. It was not an easy journey. So um, it's important to realize that when we look at people's lives in the scriptures, but also people that are around us and, you know, um, they didn't just happen to be there. There's some story about how they got there. And that can be really important getting to know a person and understand who they are. Man, even uh, it just came to my mind whenever we see some people moving into our apartment complex and yeah. we stop and ask them like, oh, where are you coming from? Man, right. some of these people are coming from a long way away. Yep. And you're like, you just got to think, man, what? What in the world are you doing here? Like, what brought you here? What did you think when I told you I was from California? Um, I guess because there's a university here, I wasn't super surprised that you oh, were from somewhere gotcha. else. Gotcha. Um, that makes sense. But nevertheless, it's yeah. It, it sometimes it is kind of like, oh wow. I mean, our our friend Brennan from mm -hmm. Alaska. Right? Yeah, and we just met some neighbors that moved from Las Vegas, Nevada. Yeah. So, anyway, it's very interesting. One thing I wanted to bring up, uh, if I can backtrack a little bit, talking about the the Smith family and their their removal from Vermont. Um, I'm going to ask you an an inspired question, All right. Shelby. Um, I believe it's inspired because the spirit definitely brought it to my mind. <laughs> Why do you think? And of course, we we know some anecdotal information mm -hmm. from the Saints, Volume One. Mm -hmm. But why would a a man, woman um, having children? Why would they pick up and relocate somewhere, um, even like a far away, like under great duress, like just in general? Yeah, like despite their trials that they would face, why would they do that? Well, uh, well, A, they might not know the trials that are coming from that decision. 
Um, sure. They may think it is just a way to get out and whatever. But what we know, I guess I'm taking it more in the context of the Smith family, but what we know is that their faith, they had a really strong faith in Christ. And so that's why <laughs> they did that. Um, things weren't, I think people pick up and relocate because maybe things aren't working out where they are um, and they've tried everything that they can. So they then think, okay, well, I'm going to look for opportunities elsewhere. And I've heard that da 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 has great opportunity. And so right. they take the leap. Like that's how the gold rush started. The oil yep. mines, like people went out and were doing oil for a really long time. And now look at that. <laughs> Oil's gone down. So, <laughs> but you know well, what I mean? Like, yeah, sure. No, yeah. I understand. If I can kind of like, um, if I can unpack that and kind of tell you what I was thinking, not just with, you know, uh, Joseph and Lucy Mack Smith, um, anytime that, and Lehi did the same thing, anytime that uh, two people decide to move their family, it's because that they believe that this next place, this new place is going to be a better place for their children. Hmm. And of course there may be something, some people may be selfish. They may say, Oh, this will be better for me, but by association, it'll be better for their children. Right? No one says, man, we've just got everything we've ever needed here. Let's start over in a new land, you know, with no prospects. Right. And the reason that I bring that up is that little did they know they had the greatest profit of, of any dispensation. Right. I mean, uh, as their son and they knew that where they were, wasn't going to give him the opportunity. It wasn't going to give him the life that he deserved. The same with any of the children. And so something pushed them, right? The, what I know it was the spirit. The spirit of God pushed them out of their squalor, out of their low circumstances and said, go get something better for you and your family because you never, you don't know, right? You, you don't know who these people that you're raising will be. And it was the prophet of the restoration. Yeah. And it's interesting because they get to this place and there's so many uh, religions and yes. creatures and incorrect doctrines, as it says in the talk, that forced Joseph in a way, like almost cornered him to figure it out because it was something that his parents deeply believed. They believed in Christ and the Bible and, and Joseph did too. He was raised that way. And so he wanted to figure it out. And so it, it forced that to happen. And I don't think that would have happened anywhere else. It, it couldn't have happened anywhere else. I mean, the plates were physically in New York. That's true. <laughs> so it, like, unless he was going to travel miles to get the plates, it just, it wasn't in the Lord's plan. So that's the other point of the talk that I love is that this plan, this uh, restoration was watched over 
from like the very beginning of the plan I like of this mortal life. Like it was watched over. Can I can I read that part that you're referring to? Oh, 100%. Okay. Yes. So of the Smith family, Brigham Young said, the Lord had his eye upon Joseph Smith and upon his father and upon his father's father and upon their progenitors clear back to Abraham and from Abraham to the flood, from the flood to Enoch and from Enoch to Adam. He has watched that family and that blood as it has circulated from its fountain to the birth of that man. Joseph Smith was foreordained in eternity. Powerful. Very powerful. Because if he watched that bloodline, if he watched that line, 100% he is watching your bloodline as yeah. well. I mean, if he cared that much, he cared that much for that bloodline so that the bloodline that you have right now, your progenitors can have the restoration of the gospel. So right. essentially they all loop back into that quote right there. Yeah. So it's very powerful to know that Heavenly Father has been looking down and watching your ancestors from the beginning of time all the way back to Adam. Yeah, and I just to kind of piggyback on that, um, things don't just happen. No. Like, these are not just coincidences. Divine design. <laughs> that's what it is. Divine design. Yes. A hundred percent. Sorry to interrupt you. No. That's, that's true. <laughs> that's what it is. Um, so what are, what are some of the other things, you know, we... Um, mm. I know that I... I drew a few things from Second Nephi chapter five, um, just because it was on my mind. Because that's where we are currently, and or what we just went over in the um, in the Book of Mormon podcast. But I love how um, it says that Joseph turned to the Bible to find answers to his questions, and he came across the. The, the very well-known verse, James chapter one, verse five, right? Yeah. I actually linked that to Mosiah um, where in chapter one, verse four says, and this is King Benjamin talking, mm-hmm. says, for it were not possible that our father Lehi could have remembered all these things to have taught them for, to his children, except it were for the help of these plates. He's talking about the plates of brass. Mm-hmm. which were the scriptures. Um, and he goes on to say that if they did not have the plates of brass continually before their eyes, they would have dwindled in unbelief. And so not only was Joseph in the right place at the right time mm-hmm. um, with regard to, um, you know, being in, in the place where he had access to by the Bible um, and to these, these many, religious teachers, but it just shows the importance of looking to the scriptures, uh, really, really studying them and being open to their interpretations. Right. 100%. I say that a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, the other part that impressed me, uh, of this talk was actually at the very end. (laughs) Elder Ballard says, be courageous, share it with someone you trust. And he's talking about the message of the restoration. And most important, 
this is the part that got me. Please take time to do it. And it really uh, hit me that an apostle of the Lord was asking me nicely to take time to share the gospel. And I mean, I was talking to my sister earlier today. She called me. She was reading in 2 Nephi chapter 26. She basically was saying, man, this, this atonement is free for everybody. But the Lord doesn't force us to go use it. And she gave this analogy. And she said, like, think about the best dessert that you've ever had. And, you know, of course, I'm thinking of, like, cookie two-step ice cream from Bluebell. And she's like, and that cookie two-step is the atonement of Jesus Christ, and it's up on the hill. But you got to get to that cookie two-step by going up the hill. That's how you get it. You access the atonement by acting, keeping his commandments. You have the Spirit helping you. She goes on about all these things. Mm -hmm. Um, And (laughs) to link this back to what Elder Ballard is saying here about please take time to do it. He's asking us to take time to share that gift, that wonderful treat that is so delicious to, to, to our taste, and share it with others and help them up their journey to the hill to access that atonement um, and to put it into practice. And in reality, when you're climbing up that hill, you're using it. You're putting it into practice. But um, when you, it's just the idea of it tasting sweet, you know. And so I just... That's power. That was a powerful analogy to me. And she, she's like, I don't know if this makes sense. But da, 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 da. And then we went on about how we could go even more in depth into that analogy. But I mean, an apostle of the Lord said, please take time to do it. <laughs> like, yeah, that's really important. Um, that's the, one of the last things he says in the talk. So that's what he's saying. Shall we not go on in greater cause in such greater cause? Right. Yeah. I really like what you said. And if I, if we could conclude on one thing uh-huh. that really ties into that, uh, as, as we sit here recording, uh, it was actually today that the Texas governor said, Hey, we're, we're going to start phasing in the opening of businesses, mm. um, in Texas. Now that the, you know, that we're trying to move past the, the pandemic, the COVID-19 pandemic, and, you know, things are going to kind of go back to the way they were, right? This phasing in of business, this phasing, the reopening, things are going to go back to how they were. And, and some things will not have changed. Some things will be different. But this is President Ballard saying, consider what offering you will present to the Lord in righteousness in the coming days. This is a prophet and seer. He's a revelator, right? Mm-hmm. They said many times during this conference, this will pass, right. right? So we need to be prepared like, hey, when when we can get back out with the missionaries, mm-hmm. we need to get back out with the missionaries. When they get out of their apartments, when they're not holed up, when we have the chance to do our ministering without concern, mm-hmm. we really need to do it. Yeah. And that's an offering that we need to prepare to make. We can't just say, oh, yeah, I'm going to do it. We need to make some action plans. We need to hold a family council. We need to really prepare to make that offering or else we'll forget about it. Yeah. And that's, that's, un, that's unjust to the cause of Christ that 
Joseph and Hiram, they laid down their lives for. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> well, um, I'm really glad that we did this and uh, there's more to come. Um, any last thoughts before we close, Shelb? No, I just think this is a really good talk and read it if you have it. Read it, listen to it, study it, um, treat it and treasure it like, like it's the voice of the Lord. And I know it is. And I say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, we will see y'all next time. Um, Go follow us on Instagram or Facebook to maybe see what talk we'll be talking about next time uh, so you can read in preparation for it. But thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. Bye.